Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Growth Project. I didn't post an episode last week and um, before you get on to me, um, I've decided to make a few changes with this podcast. I just think that the model I've been using thus far isn't very sustainable and it hasn't really allowed me to express myself, um, just be who I want to be. And it hasn't aligned with the intentions and vision that I started um, the growth project with. I mean, I personally feel like the last four or five years have been quite interesting. And I look back, I'm quite shocked as to how I've ended up in the position that I'm in. So I want to use this platform to share the experience and knowledge that I have, that I've gained on a host of issues that we'll explore hopefully within um, within this new series. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop completely as as to what I was doing before. For now though, I just don't want to discuss topics without first sharing my story and allowing my listeners to understand who I am by walking them through the road that I've walked across. I think it might be useful to those applying to university in the future, but it always gives me it also gives me a chance to reflect, to reflect on the last few years, to deeply think about what I did right, what I could have improved upon, and in light of this, the lessons that I'm taking away from that. Therefore, this episode is the first of many in my new series called Journey to Cambridge. I know I'm looking forward to this. I hope you are too. Let us set the scene. I want you to close your eyes. It's early September 2016, the first day of year 10. The weather's a balance between hot and cold, like early autumn weather. So the sun's shining, but it's just a facade because the wind is actually heavy. I'm walking across a bridge on my way to school. And um, on my way to this bridge is a bit of like a, of a pathway with gravel on the floor. That's what you might be hearing now. I'm wearing the new kickers. I'm wearing the kickers with the, the high top ones with the black stitching. And obviously my school uniform, a black blazer, a white shirt, black trousers and a purple tie. To top that all off, I had a new North Face jacket. Just bought it, they used to bang at the time, although um, I understand the brand had certain connotations also. There's definitely something to be said about the relationship between clothing brands and, and culture. I was feeling clean though, I even had a fresh trim £5 from, from Greenfield Broadway. Um, but anyways, so I'm making my way across this bridge towards, uh, towards school. I lived in an estate that was just five minutes from Greenfield High School, my, my uh, secondary school. It was so close that I didn't even like to listen to music on my way or anything because I, didn't, I wouldn't have time for it. It, was just like a, it would be like a tune and a half. But you know what? Despite having that fresh trim, those, the new shoes, the jacket, I was nervous. Why? You see, my school operated differently to other schools. Rather than sitting all of our GCSE at the end of year 11, which was what was normal, we sort of split them up between year 9, year 10, year 11. So as I walked into school on my first day in year 10, I had already sat GCSE exams for three subjects in year 9. You see, look, at this point in my life, I lived with my dad and my stepmom, whilst my mum was living abroad in Beirut, Lebanon. That meant that I would spend a large proportion of my summer holidays abroad to spend time with my mum. It was great. Those were the best summers because uh, the weather was, was nice, it was hot. And my mum would just go mad buying me clothes and games because I wouldn't have seen her for a year. But the problem was that this summer, I spent so much time abroad that I missed results day. And it's funny because as I was writing this podcast, I thought to myself, 
I thought to myself, I said, what would I think if someone else told me that they missed results day because they were abroad? I'd be like, bro, how did your parents, how did your parents let you do that? How are they calm with that? But you see, when it comes to me, I blame myself. I didn't tell my parents about results day. They knew I had exams and that, but they were born and raised in Iraq. So the idea of sitting an exam and getting the results three or four months later didn't exist. They just thought I'd get it when I get it. And when I did, I'd tell them. So the bottom line is, is that I missed results day. And I've come back to London literally like a few days before the first day of, of school, the first day of year 10. So basically the first day of year 10 was also my personal results day. I'd have to go to the exams office to get my results and see what I got for those GCSEs that I sat in year nine. So anyways, I'm walking to school with my heavy kickers on. Honestly, I don't know why I bought them. I bought them year, year in, year out. But I, I think I learned my lesson in year 11. I started buying them 20 pound crepes from shoes and um, yeah, but it, they weren't really too sturdy. I'd have to buy like three pairs across the year. But yeah, the smell of my cologne is following me and I'm just deep in life. I'm thinking about the grades that my friends told me they got when I was abroad. I'm thinking surely man's going to get the same grade. Like it's not that deep. It's just bit like it's like business, media and RE should be light work that pretty much sums up my attitude to everything but anyways i'm getting closer to school and i'm basically convincing myself that i'm going to open the envelope and see three stars bell my dad and life's going to be calm so i'm walking i can see outside of school now just outside greenford high school there's like lady market road and on that road there's a strip of shops there's like a costco there's like a like a hardware store i think it's like a blue logo and there's like two chicken shops one of them was roosters. That's what you eat when you have bread in it and you got peas. The other ones are grabbing a one pound burger from the other one. And I call it the other one because they changed owners so many times throughout my time in Greenford High School. By the time I left, it was called, it was called Pizza House. But in year 10, it was called something else. I probably, I can't even remember right now, but yeah. And this road is just active with, with Greenford High School students buying their snacks before going to school and stuff. So I walk into school and I haven't seen any Amanda yet. Then I spot Pfizer in it. I shout his name, I say, yo, I always have to pre the bag and the shoes that he's going to be rocking for the next year. It's looking calm. I ask him to come with me to the exams office to grab me my results. He already knows that I miss results day and that, so the whole story, he's already familiar with it. So he's like, cool, we start walking. We catch up a little bit, ask him how his summer's been. Uh, obviously, we've still been talking, but we just tell each other what's, what, what's, what's going on. And um, we get to the office. It's not, it's not too far of a walk from the entrance to school. So I say my name, I say my year group, and I get a big brown envelope. Um, I'd come to see that envelope much more, but this was my first my first encounter. So at this point, my heart's like a like a drill instrumental, beating so fast. But Faisal, he's just telling me, listen, man, open it. Faisal's not the dramatic type. He's just like, open it, man. So I rip it open. just stare at the grades see my school didn't go through much effort it was literally a white piece of paper i could have done it i could have done the process on microsoft word it was just a white piece of paper with a table at the top two columns four rows subject grade i saw three subjects which as i said were business re and media and three grades i'm staring at it, eyeing it out and Faisal quickly realizes that i'm not really too happy with the grades he comes over he sees it he says abb Afghan bad boys, <laughs> he starts creasing. I remember I was pissed off. I was thinking, fam, you're making a joke out of my grades. I was just thinking that in my head. I didn't say it out loud. 
He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grades are calm, man. Calm, let's cut. I don't even know what to say, man. I start walking away from the exams office. I just decide not to think about it. Honestly, I just think, yeah, A, B, B, whatever, man. I take the piece of paper and I throw it in the bin. And as I'm doing that, my phone starts to vibrate in my pocket. It's my dad. It's looking peak for me, boy. Looking peak. I answer. And he asks what I got. I say, I got A, B, B. He pauses. He's like, he's like, is that good? I said, and for me, obviously, I'm not going to lie. I said, I said, it's not amazing. It's not the worst either, though. So it's, it's like, it's, it's a calm, it's calm grades, average. I remember saying that word average because I just wanted to make it seem like, get me, I was with everyone else. Not, not the best, not the worst. It was calm, it was average. But the hard part is when he tries to investigate more. He's like, what did your friends get? He's like, why didn't you get an A-star, man? I tell him that a teacher's about to see me on my phone and confiscate it, so I need to go quickly hang up. I'm like, I'll chat to you later. Safe, safe, safe. Bye. End the phone call. And honestly, I just go about my day. And to be honest, the rest of year 10, I just did the same thing I did in year 9. That's why I should come as no surprise to you when, when we fast forward to the next results day. Where I take three more GCSE subjects in year 10. I make only a slight improvement. This time I get A, A, B. You see, it's between year 9 and year 11 that I was most influenced by the culture of the area that I lived in. Some people were unluckier than me and were influenced earlier, and even more dangerously, some continued to be influenced after me. But I grew up in Norfolk, in West London, a small suburban area, population only 30,000, but I was in 2011, I imagine it's slightly more now, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't find that data. You see, in Norfolk, in February 2020 alone, that small area, man, if you know Norfolk, it's a small area, man. That small area had 351 instances of street crime. 99 of those violent crimes. 18 drug offences, 7 robberies. What do these numbers even mean, man? See, I think the way you look at these figures, it completely depends on who you are. To the average person, it just tells them that Norfolk might not be the best place to bring up your children. It might tell them that it's a dangerous neighbourhood where kids are getting involved in gang crime from the age of 13. To us, people living in the area, to people being educated in the area. It was called the man I'm getting active, to be honest. For those that might not know what that means, it means that people we know are getting caught for their criminal enterprises. You see, I don't need crime statistics to tell me the number of violent crimes last month because I'd hear about them the next day before maths. To the people that were actually committing the crimes, those statistics just represent the police getting in the way of them putting food on the table, getting in the way of them gaining vengeance for the brother that was stabbed. See, it's all about perspective. I don't see those numbers the same way that a MP might. You might ask though, how does this all affect me? How does growing up in North Hall, how does growing up in a neighborhood like that affect me? And you see, I would reply in every way possible. It influences the way I speak, the way that I dress, the music that I listen to, my hobbies, but most importantly, my norms and values. Because of all these values, it's difficult. It's difficult growing up in a working class neighborhood and trying to sustain an interest in education, something inherently middle class. Until 1965, there was a tripartite system of education in the United Kingdom. It was tripartite because there were three types of schools, grammar, secondary modern, and technical. 
You see, the grammar schools were simply for the middle class children able to pass what was called the 11 plus exam. Technical schools were actually quite rare in practice, so nearly all working class children would end up in secondary modern schools that simply prepared you for a manual job for manual labour. Well now in the United Kingdom, since 1965, we have a comprehensive system. But you see, I would argue that it fosters exactly the same inequality as the tripartite system. Because in order to succeed, you need to possess middle class values, patience, self-belief, deferred gratification. You need to have faith in the education system. But this is difficult for someone who's working class for many reasons. For starters, no one in their family ever got anywhere with education. They don't have an aunt that's a lawyer or a cousin that's a doctor, and it's unlikely that any of their immediate family hold higher educational qualifications. Secondly, it's difficult to have faith in a system that will take seven or eight years to get you your first paycheck. If there's one thing you learn in a working class neighborhood is that money does really make the world go around. People don't have the time or energy to be debating who our next prime minister should be or the pros and cons of Brexit when they don't know when they're going to get money to pay next month's bills. When those are the circumstances, you need money by any means necessary. And believe me, one of those means isn't going to be the education system. It just takes too long and it's not worth it. You see, I'm a first year law student at university and I'm 19. I live in a flat in London with my mum, paid in full by housing benefit. I received the full maintenance loan from student finance and the full Cambridge bursary. If I want to be a lawyer, whether well, as a solicitor or a barrister, if things go absolutely perfectly and someone is willing to give me a scholarship for the necessary training, then I'll be getting paid age 23 or 24. But I'm very lucky. My dad was able to put food on the table. He was able to put clothes on my back and a roof over my head. I didn't have to use illegal means to make money because I didn't need money. My needs were being met. That should have allowed me to focus on education. But I still didn't. It's weird, isn't it? I look back and I think about how much of a fool I was. I lived in a working class neighborhood, yes, but was I any, was I under any particularly stringent economic pressures? No. So why didn't I focus and use the potential that teachers said I had my whole life? You see, I put that down to a number of reasons. Immaturity, a lack of foresight, a lack of ambition, but I want, I want to put forward a question. Would things have been the same if I grew up in a five bedroom house in Kensington and attended a private school? I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. All of this is made even worse by the fact that I'm an only child. School was my only source of fun. When I go home, I'm just in my room, quiet, not talking much. Maybe playing PS4, watching Netflix. So when I'm in school, I don't want to learn about quadratic equations. I want to bust jokes, I want to talk about football, PS4. But obviously having these working class values and personal characteristics doesn't align with the conditions needed to succeed in education. So we move on to year 11. That's the year obviously that I take my core subjects, so maths, English and uh, the sciences. That motivated me a bit more than, um, than year 9, year 10. I remember that was the hardest year that I worked for like GCSE in general. Obviously, that wasn't hard considering the last two years, but yeah, I did calm, man. It wasn't anything special, but I got one A star, I got four A's and a B. So if you compile all my grades across year nine, 
10 and 11. Then I got 1A star, 7As and 4Bs. But by no means bad GCSEs, but considerably worse than those alongside me where I'd end up in three years of time. My listeners all have different thoughts right now. Some are thinking, your GCSEs aren't that bad, man, shut up. I imagine if you're thinking this, you're affected by the same mindset that I, or we, grew up in. I also imagine that you don't know that there's people our age with 12A stars. They don't even know what a B grade looks like. Some of you might be thinking, alright, your GCSEs weren't that good, but what excuse do you have? You had a calm home background. See, that's a question that I can't give an answer to, because the truth is I don't know. I made mistakes both inside and outside of school. Mistakes that I don't have an excuse for. Some I can only repent for and others I've tried to make up for in the last few years. The extent to which I have made up for them, I don't know. I guess you'll have to follow my journey. I think it's important to understand. Everything I've said in this podcast I can say in hindsight. Which is worrying because how many people are in a position that I was in? Unaware of the ways in which the neighbourhood they're growing up in is affecting them. Unaware of their personal flaws and how this might be inhibiting their growth. Unaware of how all of this will affect the person they are in 5 or 10 years' time. How much money would they have, since this seems to characterise what I'm worth these days? What job would they have? Where would they live? What car would they drive? Would they have a significant other? Would they be practising their religion if they follow one? You see... All of these questions never crossed my mind until I was 18, but ever since, that's all I can think about. I hope that the messages that listeners take from this are different. I really do hope that everyone takes something different. For those who might have had a similar upbringing as me, I hope you can find this all a bit relatable. For those that aren't from a similar background as me, maybe this offers you an interesting insight inside. Above all, we should all count our blessings because there's always someone in a tougher position than us. If you've made it this far, then love, man. I appreciate you proper. I'd love for you to send me a message telling me what you think. Am I waffling? Do you like what I'm saying? (laughs) Let me know, man. Um, Come back next episode to hear about how my transformation started. How the Ali in year 9, year 10, year 11 became a completely different person. I'm also going to try some, this isn't the end of the podcast um, strictly, I've also tried something a bit different inspired by um, George the Poet, who if you, hasn't, if you haven't listened to has an absolutely mind-blowing podcast, it's called, um, it was recommended by my friend, a uh, good friend of mine, it's called, I think it's, it's called Have You Heard of George's Podcast, um, really, really, really good podcast, um, but yeah, I'm going to try to do some, um, some poetry like he does, um, But yeah, not to the same standard, but I'm going to try my best. It's the first day of year 10. I'm walking to school feeling like the man. I'm wearing a North Face jacket with a fresh trim and a tan. I think I'm looking hard. But sooner that year, I realised that it's all a facade. Because the way you look and the way you dress, it doesn't tell me anything about what's in your heart. I haven't been in the UK all summer. I even miss results day. Let's hope I get those A's, otherwise what will my dad say? I know he's worried what his only son will get in his GCSEs, and I've heard it all before I need to snap back to reality. Who's going to want to hire me, and what's that white employer going to think when he sees that C? I think to myself, God forbid I don't draw my self-worth from grades on a piece of paper. Maybe this is 
but I want to convince myself as I turn on my PS4 and say I'll revise later. Whatever. At least I'm not out there ballied up and uh, throwing gang signs. But maybe that's what I should be doing because it's looking quite trendy to be involved in crime. They get all the girls, they get all the peas. That's what it seems like to me. But that's not what everyone sees. Because the mum of that teenager that got killed, she probably doesn't know the culture that growing up in North Hall instilled. She just wanted to live somewhere where she could afford rent. She didn't do much research as to the school her child got sent. Suddenly he's out till late and he's moving weight. You see, I was a lucky one. You didn't find me on the streets, but that doesn't mean that the streets didn't affect me. I want to share my story with you because I feel like it's um, one of a kind. I just want to see more people like me end up in a position like mine. Maybe it's a sign of good things to come that I'll finally be able to spoil my mum because without her I don't know where I'd be. But who would have thought that when I opened that brown envelope and saw ABB that three years later I'd be studying law at Cambridge University alongside kids from Eton and Harrow, nothing like me. They haven't seen what I've seen but that's alright because that's what makes me me and that's what makes this story unique.